Great news, my cruciferous cousins. Plant Strong Foods is hosting a March Madness Meals and Minutes sale. Visit plantstrong.com and save up to 30% on every one of our ready-to-eat chilies and stews. It is the perfect time to stock up on these heat-and-eat tasty meal solutions. Having a stash in your pantry means you're never more than 90 seconds away from a satisfying meal. The sale runs through March 17th while supplies last. Visit plantstrong.com today. Listen, I know that it can be hard to live plant strong in a world that isn't. Um, today's episode is the pinnacle example of how food affects the relationships that we have with the people in our lives. And it is my goal to help make it easier to live this way and to get along with your loved ones at the same time. I want you to consider joining us October 23rd and the 24th for Plant Strong Primer Kitchen Rescue Edition. This online event, it's gonna be live, it's gonna be interactive, and it is designed to give you confidence in the kitchen while troubleshooting some of the relationship hurdles that can always get in the way and create all kinds of tension. One ticket is all you need for your whole household to participate, and everyone receives full video access for a year following the event. Visit primer.plantstrong.com to register, and we're saving you a seat at the Lazy Susan table. I want to welcome you to the final episode of season two of the Plant Strong podcast. Today, I'm going to wrap up the heart of the hero with three of New York's bravest. I can't think of a more fitting way to wind down uh, this season. And if you're having a hard time following all the voices in this episode, I want you to think about heading over to our YouTube channel where you can watch this week's episode instead. Now, Lieutenant Keith Mitchell was listening to season one of the Plant Strong podcast, and he was following the transformation of fellow firefighter Joe Inga when he decided that it was finally time for him to make the switch to Plant Strong Living. He had already worked hard to keep himself healthy and in shape. He had competed in triathlons for fun for several years, and he had the enthusiastic support of his wife, Carrie, who was encouraging him to embrace this engine to plant strong way of life. But much like Joe Inga, the hurdles during mealtime at Keith's fire station were huge and hard to overcome. So despite having seniority, Keith's decision to eat differently shook the firehouse to the core and created a serious riff. But then Keith heard Kevin Duffy's story in season one of the podcast. That was episode 19. And for those of you that don't recall, Kevin, he is another firefighter from New York, specifically Yonkers, and a true hero for his own health. Um, last week, I shared more of Kevin's personal story when he took me to the World Trade Center 
and talked about the passing of his older brother uh, during 9-11. But on that trip to New York, I met up with Joe Inga and Kevin Duffy, and together we went out to visit Lieutenant Keith at the New York City Firefighter Training Academy, where Keith is now an instructor. On arrival, Joe gave us the tour of the training facility. What are all these buildings? So over behind building one here is, um, that's like a, the marine simulator, it simulates a boat. Uh, building one is our high rise simulator. Building two is our smokehouse. Three, four, and five are like uh, combination taxpayer, tenement buildings. Those are like live burn buildings. 12 is like, we call it Sesame Street. Yeah. So it like simulates a city block in there. 11, we have a lot of our classrooms. And then if you walk up further past these buildings, there's a giant tent. There's a massive subway simulator. There's a couple of different subway cars. And then they have a whole tunnel simulated in there. So you go in there and we do like, you know, counterterrorism drills and stuff. They smoke it up and you got hazmat all the way in the back corner. Uh, the bur um, flashover simulators and then you have uh the shops right in the middle that this uh does the maintenance on the, on the rigs so when you went to the academy how many uh how many firefighters did you go through it i think we started with around 350 we finished around 280 okay. a lot of people dropped right. um so usually classes between three 350. And how many months were uh, when I went, it was 18 weeks. Then it went up, it went from 13 weeks to 18 weeks to 23 weeks and back down to 18. So now it's 18 weeks. It was really good to see Joe and understand where his firefighting career began. As we head inside to meet Lieutenant Keith Mitchell, here's a little background for you. Keith wrote to me to share how life has changed since he's gone all in with plants and in the short time since he made the switch, he's shaved 15 minutes off his Olympic triathlon times. And considering that that's just a, about a 2.15 to 2.5 hour event, 15 minutes is a substantial amount. Um, and he's also discovered that he no longer needs rest days in between training. He feels and looks better than he has in years. But despite the internal success, the external pressures back at the firehouse are still very intense. Today, we're going to wrap up our season dedicated to the heart of the hero by celebrating these three plant-strong firefighting warriors who were each and every one of them swimming upstream in a culture that leaves little room for anyone to go against the status quo. We're going to talk about how differently they view the food culture that they once belonged to and how hard it is to maintain a brotherhood and a sisterhood when you are trying to live plan strong. You're going to hear Joe say, when you turn your back on the table, meaning the dinner table, you're turning your back on the house. That says it all. So let's pick up during our candid conversation and be warned when firefighters circle up, there is no topic that's off limits. What was it like at the firehouse when uh, the other guys found out? That oh, you... I was, well, being here 
you could really just not talk about it. Yeah. All right. Um, you just sort of bring your own food. You just hang out and you don't, you don't talk about it. So nobody really knew. Guys had known based on my Instagram posts, but that was yeah. it. So when you say here, um, you mean the academy? In the academy. Yeah. Being assigned to the academy. But the first couple of days I went back, it was, it was a tough transition. How um, so? Uh, you know. No, I don't know. Tell me. Uh, <laughs> uh, a couple guys didn't like the fact that I didn't eat what they're making. Um, being a firefighter, you're more involved in the meal making process. Um, me, I'm just supposed to be upstairs doing my work. That's it. So I didn't like the fact that I would be downstairs trying to, you know, get my own food ready or I'd bring in my own food. Yeah. Um, I'd offer to pay every time just because, you know, you know, you don't want to be out. But you can hear guys talking like this isn't like, you know, you don't get you don't get to choose what you eat. You eat what we make you, you know. Sound familiar? Yeah, I feel like I'm listening to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, that's why I'm like, you know. But uh, yeah, I even one guy tell me like, you know, just remember when you're out, you're out for life. And I was like, well, that's awfully tough. And uh, but I'm like, well, why can't you just go out and like get me an eggplant and I'll just you know saute some eggplant or something like that, whatever. I could just do whatever. What does he mean when you're out? You mean you're if you're when if you you're, decide that you're not going to pay for the meal anymore, you're out for life. You're out. Yeah, you, you're no longer included in the meal. That's a little harsh. Yes, but that's a that's a big big thing. It's a it's a slight toward the house, not just the meal, because the kitchen table is so yeah, so well, tight. Right, right. And the difference is, it's just like I said, it's weird for them to have the officer downstairs trying to cook food as well, because like I said, they, they don't want you there. They they're like, no, we cook your food and we got it. We're, we'll take care of it. And when I told them like I'm not going to eat that. And I, like, I just ask them certain little things, like, you know, can you just not put milk in something? It was, like, just completely, like, well, why, why can't I put milk in it like that? And they didn't really understand it. They would go out and get raviolis, and, like, oh, we got, like, some spinach raviolis for you, Lou. And I'm, like, all right, but it's got eggs in the, in the pasta noodles. It's got ricotta cheese inside. The spinach is, like, you know, sautéed with garlic and oil. Like, what is so good about, oh, and don't forget the meat sauce you put on it. And yeah. so it was, you know. You get a little kickback. Yeah, it all adds up. Um, so are these guys that are saying, hey, remember, you know, when you're out, you're out for life. Are these guys that are below you in rank? That yeah, are- they're all firefighters. The officers were in our office doing our job, you know, and that's it. And that, whatever we have to do for the day. And, the, and usually the firefighters cook the meal. Like you could tell you, like they go in the shop together. Um, we, I stay on the rig, so I don't get involved in that process. They come in, they start preparing the meal together. That's their thing. And then uh, when they call chow, that's when they expect to see you. And how do they how do they call chow? What do they say? They just ring the bells. Chow's hot or yeah. chow's on or yeah, that's it. Just yeah. go down and ring the bells and say chow's on. Chow's on. Man, so you I mean, traditions. It is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Man, so but it sounds like you've weathered the storm. Ah, uh, you're weathering the storm. Well. I explained to one of the guys that, you know what, like I'm only here for a few weeks because I go back to the, to the fire academy at the beginning of November, so I'm just going to do my own thing, and I'll just come in. So I would just sit around. I would pay whatever, just hang out at the kitchen table, uh, listen to him talk, or I'd find something, to, like some work I had to do. Um, I'd just do that, and I'd come down whenever I felt like it, just you know, bring my water down. Yeah. Maybe if they made something like broccoli or something like that, I had some broccoli, whatever. <laughs> And then when they were done, I just, all right, listen, can we just stop off? I'm going to pick up something to eat real quick. I just go get something. Yeah. So at that station, how many, how many guys and gals were there? Uh, it's usually this, this is 11. 
Eleven. Five in the engine and six in the truck. That's a lot. Yeah. What house was that? I work in engine one, line of 24. Engine I'm assigned engine one. Engine one? Yep. Mm -hmm. You ever been through that? Been through there? You could tell me. I've I, I worked there one tour about 12 years you ago. You could tell the truth about it. Yeah. And the first time I walked in that door, I was on the detail. I was like, all right, it was taken up. And they're like, put your stuff down, go down the block, get a granola bar, stick it in your pocket, grab a bottle of water. I was like, yeah, I know you guys are busy. Uh, went down there, literally never came back for the rest of the tour. We were that busy. Wow. We do close, so, to, we do close to 7,000 rounds a year. That one company, not the house. 20 a day. Yeah. 20 a day. Yeah. And the, the truck does another... Five or six thousand runs a year. So if the house combined does thirteen thousand runs a year. Yeah, that's and we deal with because we're right in the middle of Midtown, you're in the city today. Yeah. We got the traffic and all that stuff. Um what are most of your your runs? Uh, I mean that's twenty if you're averaging twenty a shift, I mean that's 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 a lot. I mean Yeah. It's uh it's stressful. It's a high stress environment to work. Um it's stressful <coughs> because a lot of construction going on. Yeah. Um, it's stressful because it's high tourist, so there's a lot of people in the area. Um, there's also a lot of people on the streets. Um, New York City, you guys probably saw a little bit today, but there's a lot of people on the streets. So you do a lot of uh, CFR responses, EMS responses. Um, a lot of what's a CFR? Certified first responder. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, you do a lot of CFR responses. Um, would you would you say that? 60 to 80 percent of your calls are em i mean uh medical calls probably a little over 50. okay probably between 15 and 60 are, are medical emergencies yeah. um a lot of automatic alarms that go off in the hotels yeah. um then bigger buildings up there um we get a few structural responses every tour and then uh we get a few like because of where we are we get some really like interesting like major emergency matrices yeah, that that stem, you know. So we do a wide range of running. <laughs> with all uh, with all the medical calls you guys make, are you guys also uh, EMTs, paramedics? We're just CFRs. Okay, just only CFRDs. Uh, certified first responders. Yeah, that's so. That's why I, I I didn't know that term. Like in Austin, we're all either EMTs or uh, intermediate or paramedics. Yeah, yeah. yeah New York State's the last holdout. Well, New yeah. York City's the last holdout. On yeah, that. yeah. Feels like. Yeah. A lot of states go that route, but we're like the last ones that have the CFR response. Right. Uh, so what are you thinking? You, you, you feel like um, this is a lifestyle that you know, like, you know, you're, you're feeling good about? You think it's going to stick? I enjoy it. Um, you could ask Carrie about my cooking, but I enjoy it. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, you sort of get out of that. At first, you're like, oh, what am I going to eat, right? Like, you're sitting there like, oh, what the hell am I going to eat tonight? You know, like, you're looking at it, you're looking at your counter, you're looking at your cupboards, of, you know, all that, and you're like, man, I got, like, a can of beans, I got some rice. I got... Yeah. But uh, you find a couple, like, the resources are so, like, um, available to you. Like, you could go anywhere and just type in, you know, uh, black bean burgers, and a recipe will come up for you to try. You know, and it's amazing. It's like, okay, so you took everything that was in there. You said, I don't have anything to eat, and now you you figure out what to eat. Um, so I'm I'm having a great time with it. I'm having a lot of fun. So I definitely think it's. Yeah. I like the way I feel. Um, when you're getting faster. I am getting. I am getting a little faster. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I've also noticed that, like me and myself, like you know, not that. 
I was a heavier person ever, but I'm also losing weight. You just realize that you feel healthier, you look healthier, and certain things that you always thought about, like, you don't, not, it's not there. You're not worried about that stuff. And, you know, you, you recover faster, too. Like, you're up in the morning. I don't drink as much coffee. I do love coffee, but yeah. I definitely don't need to drink as much of it, yeah. as, much of it as I used to. So, so <laughs> now that you're with these two, these two plant, you know, strong studs, do you have any questions for these guys? Because they've been through the ringer, right? This guy's been doing How long have you been doing it now? Over four years. Four years. This guy's like a, a good almost a year now. Oh, nine months, yeah. Nine months. You got any questions for these guys? Uh, no, I wasn't. I mean, I talked to Kevin yeah. on the phone a couple of days ago. I followed his feed, uh, his Instagram feed and all that stuff. I mean, all the, the information that they, they would give to you, he's put out there. Yeah. You know, I've asked his, his friend Tommy questions about it. Um, actually, before I went back to the firehouse, I asked his friend at the Montauk, like, all right, how did you do this? How did you do that? And he just told me, like, certain ways to get around certain things, you know, trying to get the meal together. Like, you know, I always, like, went in and got something for myself, like an eggplant, or, like, I would make, like, veggie burgers or whatever. Like, he always told me certain ways. So yeah. I had asked some questions before going back to the firehouse to line me up. I still had a hard time. <laughs> um, it doesn't get easier. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know it what feels though? like they do it on purpose to it, you, too, it, after yeah. a while. I tell you, when so, it does get easier, so. it'll, get, it'll get easier when, as we talked about, when you can get a quorum, when you got more of the guys eating this way than aren't eating this way. Yeah. And that's what happened at Station 2. You know, we, we, we got <clears throat> all five of us there to jump in and do it. And it's a tradition that then started. I mean, that we started and it remained for six, seven years. So when I, when I went through the academy in 1997 in Austin, it was six months long. Four months was fire suppression. The last two months, we, everybody got their basic EMTs. And what I discovered is that you, you go through the academy, you are lean, you're, you're, you're pretty mean, you're lean and mean, you're like, you're, you're psyched to be a firefighter, you're hungry for it. You get out in the station and you're not working out as much. You kind of get sucked into, no, I didn't, but you get sucked into, you know, eating on the wagon, right? And so you're eating all the fried stuff, you're eating all the, you know, all the dairy, all the ice cream, everything. And on average, I'd say most firefighters that I went through the academy with gained somewhere between three to seven, eight pounds a year. So 10 years in, these guys have gained 30 to, some of them, 100 pounds, right? And, uh, I mean, what is it about the, the firefighter culture, right, that has these guys pulled into this vortex of eating this insanely unhealthy food? And then to boot now, we also, as a, as a as a profession have the the number one uh incidence of deaths on the job i mean what's what's going on there the eating thing i think it's a macho thing it's just all about being macho it's about you know proving you could either eat more than the next guy or you know, I don't want to eat that. I want to eat steak. You know, like we we're meant to eat steak. You know, it's all the. It's like a macho thing. It's like that whole like. You know, men eat steak. That's all there is to it. Uh, you know, and uh, and they eat a lot of it. And so you think it's a part of their identity? I think it's yeah. I just think it's a part of like who they are, and you know that's what they they want to do. You know, um, 
Yeah. I say you know a lot. Um, <laughs> but that's like definitely watching over the course of the last couple of weeks and stuff like that and seeing everybody, you know, go about like they go for seconds and thirds and it's like, all right, we're going to get a run any minute now. Just remember, as you start eating that chicken cutlet, we're going out the door for, we don't know what it's going to be. You know, we could be walking up 40 flights. We don't know. So mm -hmm. take that into your own into your own consideration when yeah. when you eat like that. So that's what I think about the eating thing. It's all about this is what men do. It's a machoism thing. It's, um, <clears throat> but I, I, I tell people it's like, it's like the standard American diet on steroids. I mean, it is. Everything's fried. Everything is, I mean, let's see how much unhealthier we can make it. It's almost like a, and it's not like, it's like normal, a game to see. It's not like normal portions either. You don't go out and get like a regular, like, you know, you don't walk in the store and be like, oh, yeah, let's get those. They look good, right? And like, no, it's got to be like the 16 ounce steaks or pound of know, meat a man. Yeah, we do. We have 11 guys. They do, th you know, they do 10 pounds of chicken. Um, that's what they ordered, or they do 10 pounds of, of pork or sausages. And that's like their, their thought process. It's at least a pound a guy, or that's like the, the math for pizza. It's three slices of man. What, 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 so at like your firehouse, what's some of the favorite thing that the yeah, guys there eat? I mean, the same, just to like touch upon that. I mean, it's, it's so funny looking back now how different, well, how much has changed, because it's hard to have the conversations with guys, because I was guilty of it for four years, right? So I did it, I got hired, I was in, came out of the academy gung-ho, ready, fit, went through physical training and all this stuff. And then four years later, I put on like 30 pounds, 30, like more than that. And like paid no mind to what we were doing because it was, we cook a lot because the kitchen table is the, is the place to be, it's the camaraderie, it's where we get along and we tell stories and learn from other jobs or, break each other's chops, tell jokes. It's a lot of fun, but you're sitting there like mindlessly because it, one, you're all chipping in, right? And it's, you get a lot of bang for your buck when you get 11 guys chipping in on one meal. You can get a lot for eight bucks a guy. You can get endless amounts of cutlets and meatballs and rabs and lasagna. And you're just like chit-chatting and hanging out and like, oh, we got more. We got, and I was doing that. I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is such a great place. And then I just, I was like such a disconnect of like why I felt and looked the way I did. Like compounded with the lack of sleep and the wacky schedule and the stressful environment and like all that leads to, you know, how you feel. But like food never came into the equation. It's like, oh, we had a bad night. We had a lot of runs. We had a job or we walked a bunch of flights, or whatever you were doing, but it was like it was never really like for myself. And I think for a lot of guys, that's the disconnect. Is like that, they don't connect that to with the heart disease and the cholesterol and the blood pressure and the, like, you know, sadly early heart attack deaths, where it's, they're so quick to the sleep or to like, oh, it's just in my family or it's just the way it's gonna be. We're now learning what we're all learning, it's like, you're crazy not to make that connection because it's like it's so clear now. It's like, what the hell were we doing, <laughs> right? Like, and then I mean, not to toot my own horn, but we we were talking about physicals and like you know we get you guys get I think biannual. We get an annual physical, and I walked in, and the nurse practitioner goes, she's like, you're the healthiest one that's walked in on the whole job, 450 guys. 
guys. And she goes, you're the, you're the healthiest one that's walked through the door. And I was like, well, I'm not surprised. Like a little bit pompous, but she, because she's like, well, why? I'm like, it's just, I take care of myself. And I don't eat a lot, I've changed a lot of my lifestyle. And she's like, oh, wow, that's interesting, right? It's coming from a nurse practitioner in a hospital, wondering, like, why I'm not like the rest of the majority, right? But it is, it's that, it's that macho thing. I did it, and it's hard to say, you know, we want to educate the guys, right? But I was there, but it's like, yo, guys, I, I was there. I understand, like, we got to bridge that yeah. gap. Well, um, I think you're right. I think we have to... Um we have to bridge the gap. We have to kind of bring this this new kind of way of being kind of a man uh, and being the best firefighter into the firefighter culture. And I think hopefully the game changers will will help do that, right? I think the way social media is, guys will start realizing that they're really they're just they're pummeling themselves around the the breakfast table, the dinner table, the lunch table, and yeah. yeah. Guys are like, you'd be horrified at what we made at dinner last night. I'm like, I'm not hor- I'm horrified for you. <laughs> right. Like, they all look at me like you would have you would have walked out of the kitchen. I'm like, you guys ate it. You're right. You right. It's this def- this whole deflection thing that it's like, I don't know. It's it's weird to and you're just like whatever. I'm like, well, I'm gonna go train and race <laughs> and do my thing and yeah. like try and be an example. Yeah. Without getting caught up you in the conversation. You have another bowl of ice cream. You do, yeah. get hor- you do get horrified at it. Like, I, I was telling Carrie the other day, you watch them be, you know, stirring the eggs, take, cutting up the chicken cutlets, dipping them in the eggs, doing that, putting them in the breadcrumbs, and putting them in the fryer, and you're just like, oh, my God. Like, I used to eat that. Like, you're like, what the hell? Like, what the heck was I doing? Like, I ate all that. Like, and I would eat three, four servings because I was active. I was, like, always hungry. Or I was coming in hungry. And you're just like you're just like disgusted, like, like more at yourself than anything else. You're like, wow, I can't believe I ate like that. Like, I sit that? in the corner and I like count the calories throughout the day that I would have normally been eating. You know, like I even even though I know that there's like food I can't have in the fridge, I look at it and I go, there's chicken cutlets in there. Like I would have eaten like that on one of those rolls in the like I'm processing what my normal day used to be. And you know, and then, it's yeah, yeah it's like, it's funny you said that because at and breakfast eggs they would put it over. out and put a fried egg on top of it. Mm-hmm. They would have like done something like that, like or like you take a Sicilian slice of pizza, you put a over easy egg on top of that, and for I'm like, holy cow, you just disgust them more yourself. Then, well, like you walk around and you you know you go through. We have like the bread bin or whatever, and it's like you know I come in and I'm looking for a snack or whatever, and I open the bread bin just to see maybe sometimes there's whole wheat bread. I know we have peanut butter or whatever, and I'm like. Six bags of chips, white bread, white rolls, and then I look on the counter, there's a cake or donuts, like three boxes of donuts. I go in the fridge, there's leftover steak, and I'm like, you know, that, no wonder why I had such an issue. I'm here for 24 hours, and this is what I was eating. Yeah, so I go for the oatmeal under the cabinet, you know, and just have that for a snack or whatever. Game that, you didn't look at it. That's yeah. a game changer. Just throw it in the coffee mug. Like they, they sit there with their ice cream in the coffee mug. I got my oatmeal. I'm like, I'm good. Even at breakfast, nobody, nobody even realizes. Oatmeal, nobody realizes it. Oatmeal with peanut butter like on it. You just yeah. eat that in the corner, and nobody realizes it. It's only at lunch when you say, listen, do me a favor, just leave the meat and the cheese off of it. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> are you kidding me with this? I'm like, are you really? Is that much of a what, what, what are some of the names they've called you? Uh, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I find amazing is that, so 
at Fire Station 2. We were right on the outskirts of the University of Texas campus. I can't even tell you how many people would come and they'd give us cupcakes, they'd give us cookies, they would bring us, uh, the, there were at least, and I'm not exaggerating, seven different pizza joints, and they'd send, send us their dead pizzas that people didn't pick up. So we were never at a lack for having all kinds of food in the station. It was just insanely unhealthy food, like you were just describing. You know, there's the steak. There, you open up this drawer. There's the chips. Here's the. I mean, it's just it's never ending. You loved when you got those. I used to love when you get the the neighbor come by with the brownies and the cookies, right? I used to go to town on those, and now I just realize it's not doing anything for you. So yeah, it is that disconnect. I think when you finally look at food differently, you're like, holy cow, that's not that good for you. And he could vouch for everybody. He's like the, the shining example is that they talk about like all this other stuff, though. They talk about how like, oh, you know, like like medicals and your heart rate. And they talk about like how they pick you up on this or your cholesterol. They bring it up all the time. But then when you tell them like, you know, you could stop that. You know that, right? Like you could just throw a couple more plants in that plate. And they're like, Phew. Are you kidding me? Like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> like, they look yeah, at you weird. Yeah. You're like, oh, no, it's, yeah. you know, you could, we can maybe yeah. not have, we could do something different tonight. You're like, okay, I have the answer, and here it is. And they're like, what? That's, that's crazy. That's way too extreme. Yeah, you can never think about crazy. doing that. It's like the simple changes, though. Like, you know, like, I, I made, they wanted steak the one day. I didn't make myself a steak, but I made the sides the way I would have them without the oil. And like a couple of guys afterwards were like, why, is it, why do I not feel full? I'm like, you don't have 4,000 calories of oil smothering the potatoes and broccoli right now. That's right. You know, it, just those little changes, you know, like start with the sides or whatever. Like yeah. that's what I've been trying to tell guys. And yeah. Well, so and starting you, to gradually catch on a little bit. When you're used to eating the way we all used to eat, it's like you got that... You don't feel full until you have that like bowling ball in your stomach, right? right? And now that's all we know. It, it's all we know, right? We and do. right. And then when you switch to this, you're like, "Am I full or not?" You know. But it's, so there's a little bit of a um, of a break-in period when you have to realize that you your satiation is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, but even the in betweens too, like I notice is like. Like, if I had, let's say, we had a big lunch at the firehouse, and we didn't have dinner until 9, 10 o'clock, whatever, like, you would go from, like, all right, I'm full bowling ball to, like, I'm starving, right? And, like, you, that's when you would start, like, yeah. eating all the crap in the firehouse. And now, like, I notice, like, all right, I'm hungry, but I'm not, like, I never get to the point where I'm, like, starving. Like, yeah. like I, I just don't feel that crazy urge anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I could be hungry, but I like comfortable hungry yeah. like not like i gotta eat something now or you know the other the other funny thing always comes up too and it's like and i hate that it's like guys, guys think we're like pointing fingers but we're really just out to help them because like you hear all the sick jokes where guys will eat dinner and be like oh man if we get a job tonight i'm puking in my mask They're like that's a <laughs> that's a mask puking meal yeah. and it's like we joke about it right because it's like a funny thing where like you've Not eaten like that but i've had that feeling before. you've eat a big meal meatballs and sausage and you get a call and you're at a working structure fire for an hour the guys vomit in their mask in the job and like and then they point fingers and laugh where it's like that's your body revolting 
the food that you ate where like it's funny and macho and cool but it's like yo that's like in actuality it's pretty sad and terrible like a terrible way to feel like you should be like the the manly thing is to be ready and fueled and not feel like a bag of hell walking into a job or having to walk up like you know eight flights or ten flights or whatever you got to do right even a couple flights so it's like it's all those things it's like no we don't we're not trying to like point fingers we're just trying to like bring some light to the conversation like that's kind of messed up like it's funny but it's also terrifying what about um getting a little personal here but uh what about number two i mean uh, how has that changed since uh since, since you guys started uh embracing this I mean, I had issues my whole life, so I'll be the first to say it's improved vastly. So, quick story, I was run over by a car when I was four in a parking lot, and I think a lot of, like, my digestive issues as a kid stem from that, probably from, like, scar tissue, like, across my midsection, which I didn't realize until, like, later in life, but then it was a connection of, like, I lived on cereal and whole milk till I was, like, 15, three bowls a day, plain eater, hated everything. So I just lived on like sugar and milk and was like, had horrible issues my whole life. And now it's like in the last couple of years, it's clockwork. So every, clockwork, what does that mean exactly? Every day, 6 a.m. like, and then sometimes twice a day. <laughs> but it's, it, the funny thing is like, that's what people don't talk about, right? They're like, you go to the bathroom that much? I'm like, that's the body's easiest way of getting rid of the stuff it doesn't want. And until you realize it's a perfectly designed system and you use it for how it's supposed to function, people are like, oh, that's horrifying. I'm like, no, it's actually amazing. Oh, yeah, no. Because <laughs> the more I eat, the more you go, the better you feel. Yeah. Right? How, about, how about you? So he's, he's a one-a-dayer. Sometimes, well, sometimes two. Sometimes, too. I'm, I'm usually like a one-a-dayer. But, I mean, I, I've spoken to you about it. When, <laughs> like, it's great, but when it comes, it comes. Yeah. And, like, I've had some situations, like, if I'm working, you yeah. know, first yeah. thing in the morning, like, <laughs> you've got to take that He's got to have a really tight relationship. Right yeah, here, you know? it's oh, mass yeah. quantity. He comes, comes knocking on the back door. And when he comes knocking, <laughs> you know. But it's also you realize, like, what you ate. Like, I had a big day yesterday. I ate a lot, and it's yeah. my body pulled what it want, and it's getting rest of what it doesn't. Uh, it's right. just a simple filtration system. Yeah, that's right. Like, <laughs> everyone makes out to be this crazy thing. I'm like, no, it's like it, it went like this, it sifted through like a, the sifter and it's like with well, that stuff we don't need like, but it's easy but amazing too. if you don't like go that. that stuff's stuck in you rotting oh yeah putrefying. yeah people like right. if it smells bad i always say well what does it smell like when it's stuck in you in a dark in a dark closet <laughs> it's right. just getting worse and, and, and then what it's doing and then it's rubbing back and forth back and forth right and people yeah. wonder why we have such a prevalence of colorectal cancer these days diverticulitis GI distress, yeah. right? It's because it's you have rotting in there. Yeah, you have all this food, basically, <laughs> that has all kinds of toxins that are t- laden with toxins that are basically rubbing up against that very kind of um, uh, precious lining. Yeah, it's of like what's your, your stomach lining yeah. wall is like yeah. paper thin. Yeah. How about you? It's definitely a lot more. Consistent, we'll say. That'll be the best way to put it. Regular. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's definitely, it feel, you just feel better about yourself. You know, it's a lot more consistent. You're eating better food. Um, and you notice that yeah. right away. And, and 
<clears throat> was, is it fair to say that when you do go to the bathroom, you're not waiting very long? I mean, usually you're, like, I, I like to say that, that my, my craps are as fast as my peas, or faster. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty quick process, man. You know, you just, you know, you're not struggling with it. You just it? go, and that's it. What is your, your slogan is, eat more plants, take epic dumps, right? Is that your well, shirt? No, that's not my shirt. That's but not your that, shirt. That, that, that's that. somebody, they sent it to me, and I've worn it just like yours, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, everything started from a seed, uh, including this turd, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eat more plants, but, take epic dumps. It's true. It's true. I mean, I take I take three epic dumps a day, right? Three. And there's a gastrointestinal response every time after breakfast. About fifteen to twenty minutes later, lunch. Fifteen to twenty minutes later, dinner. Fifteen to twenty minutes later. Amazing. Yeah, you'll get there. You'll yeah. get there. I'm usually one like one. The morning one I know is clockwork. Sometimes Aspire that's second one. What did you say? Aspire for greatness. Aspire for greatness. Aspire for greatness. Three days. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. That's funny. I love it. Yeah. You know. So the whole theme of the season two, uh, Plant Strong podcast, is the heart of a hero. And I can't think of better people to have on the show for, for season two than you guys that are all firefighters here in, here in New York. You know, Joe Inga, the star of, of season one. Kevin Duffy, right? Uh, was it episode 19, yep. right, of season one? And then now the new kid on the block here, right, Keith? Um, and, uh, and you guys, you know, these other firefighters, they need people to lead. They need people to show them what is possible and that this is the smartest, most intelligent, uh, and the most manly way to eat. If you want to be the best version of yourself, the best firefighter that you can be, and uh, if you want to aspire for greatness, right? So, I mean, anyway, to me, it, to me, it, to me, it's a, it's, it's a no-brainer. But we got to get them to, to see that as well. But you guys, in my book, are <clears throat> you guys are all heroes. I mean, this is this is a very courageous, brave thing to do. It's not easy uh, to separate yourself from the status quo, right? To come on <clears throat> to the podcast and be as vulnerable and um, you know, and courageous as as you were for that whole season. But but you put it out there. But look at all the good that's come of it, yeah. right? I mean, it's 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 a beautiful thing. So what I would love to do, I think it'd be great. If we could figure out another time that we could all, you know, gather around and get together, whether it's uh, over, you know, just another little session like this, or whether we all get together, <clears throat> maybe we make a commitment to to do a triathlon together, right? A little swim, bike, and run together. So let's 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 figure out we'll figure out a, a, a race that makes sense, a date that makes sense, a location that makes sense, and uh, it works for all of us. And uh, cool. sounds, sounds good. 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 Give me a little bump, a little bump, a little bump. How about let's do a little circle bump. Ready? There we go. Play strong, baby. I know you've all probably seen the phrase, be the hero your dog thinks you are. Well, in today's episode, highlighting heroes, I can think of no better way to thank the support of Wild Earth than by honoring them as the heroes that they are. By providing clean fuel and protein-packed plant-based protein in their dog food formula, 
Wild Earth ensures the health and vitality of your pet for years to come. So if you want to be the hero that your dog thinks that you are, treat them to Wild Earth dog food. Visit the episode page at plantstrongpodcast.com to claim 50% off your order. Yes, yes, and yes. We all should aspire to greatness just like these three have done. I want to thank Joe, Kevin, and Keith. And thank you to all of you for giving us your time and attention in season two of the Plant Strong podcast. Don't fret. Over the next several weeks, we have some bonus episodes coming your way that are going to include some additional inspirational, transformational stories from people, many of them just like you. And if you're ready to set some personal performance goals for 2021, stay tuned. We are cooking up some ideas for setting that triathlon that you've been thinking about in motion. And the best part, you will be able to participate. In the meantime, register for our Plant Strong Primer Kitchen Rescue event from October 23rd to the 24th. And keep in touch with all things Plant Strong at plantstrongpodcast.com. Thanks. Thank you for listening and subscribing to our show. I want you to know that we read each and every one of your reviews and we appreciate each and every one. If you want to learn more about this season or today's guests and sponsors, please visit PlanStrongPodcast.com. The PlanStrong Podcast team includes Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, Wade Clark, and Carrie Barrett. I want to thank my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Ann Kryle Esselstyn for creating a legacy that will be carried on for generations and being willing to go against the current and trudge upstream to the causation. We are all better.